Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and you are listening to one of our monthly interview episodes on the Mom Hour Voices series. Today, I'm going to be talking with my good friend, Christine Coe, who is co-author of the book Minimalist Parenting, co-host of the amazing Edit Your Life podcast, and also co-founder of the activist apparel line Brave New World Designs, which we're going to talk a lot about. She's also an amazing entrepreneur, a genuine people connector, and we both have daughters named Violet, which is really fun. So if you've ever been curious what it's like to own an Etsy shop or launch an apparel line or really any kind of a physical product line, you're going to love this conversation. Christine and I get into the nitty gritty details, which I think a lot of people are curious about, and it's a really fun conversation. First up, though, this episode is sponsored by Bissell Bark Bath. So you guys know I got a puppy about a year ago, right? Well, I have to admit, I did not realize what was involved in owning a dog who needed regular grooming. I have owned dogs before, but not one with this kind of hair. So it's been a struggle, actually, to make grooming appointments, especially when I have three kids whose various appointments seem to always kind of take precedence. So Xander's fur is curly and it gets really tangled and matted when he isn't bathed and brushed regularly. Okay, so Bissell sent me their new bark bath to try and I'm actually a huge convert. Basically, it's an all-in-one system you can use anywhere in your house. So you don't need to do that thing where you wrestle with a soaking wet dog in a bathtub and you end up somehow more wet than the dog. So it's truly minimal mess. Um, The bark bath works with any length of fur or hair and uses a no-rinse shampoo. Specially designed nozzles get beneath the fur and down to the skin, which is the true source of that stinky dog smell and allows the water and shampoo to wash the skin clean. Uh, The bark bath also uses less than 48 ounces of water to clean up pets up to 80 pounds, which is amazing. So if you gave a dog a bath in a traditional bathtub, it would use up to 19 gallons of water. And here in Southern California, we pay attention to those kind of things. So I have to tell you what this thing looks like. It kind of looks like a giant dustbuster for your dog with the, of course, water and shampoo component as well. So like a steam cleaner for your dog. But it's actually pretty compact when you get it put together. And again, you can use it any in any room in your house. So you're not going to get puddles on the floor or a bunch of water anywhere. I was not wet at all after using this. Um, and Xander can be a little timid, timid of grooming situations, but he did great and he smelled so good after. So I'll still take him into the groomer once in a while. But really now I can go much longer in between those expensive appointments. So visit getbarkbath.com slash mom to learn more and buy your very own bark bath. And when you use the coupon code mom, you'll receive two bottles of free no rinse shampoo with your order. So the coupon's good only for a limited time, but it's getbarkbath.com slash mom and the coupon code is mom. Okay, everyone, here's my conversation with Christine Co. And be sure to check out the show notes at themomhour.com for links to everything you hear us discuss in the interview. Thanks for listening. Christine Co, welcome to the Mom Hour. Oh my goodness, Sarah Powers. Hello. I am so excited to be here. Uh, first of all, I feel like you should have been here already, but I guess that's better late than never. Maybe, maybe in our dreams it already happened, yeah. but I, you know, I'm just thrilled. <laughs> Me too. And I know we have a lot of listeners in common um, from our two podcasts, and that's always fun as a listener when you hear two podcast worlds colliding. So I know a lot of our listeners will be very excited. So I know this is like a law and order crossover episode. <laughs> it, it or is something. totally, it's totally a crossover <laughs> episode. Um, okay. So I want to start talking about Brave New World Designs. Um, and I would love for you to just 
tell people who haven't been following along, what led you to found an apparel company, an activist apparel company? Um, what brought you there? Um, just this is a little bit different than the trajectory of the rest of your career. So will you just tell us about it? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, well, as you said, you know, I've been, I've, I'm an internet person and, uh, Several years back, I actually did have a tangible design firm that was called Posh Peacock, and I did print design. Um, And that was just something I had started a million years ago and then shuttered it when I was sort of tired of doing it. But um, really, you know, I had been making just these one-off t-shirts for my own amusement, mostly because I'm a font snob. And, you know, I would see a shirt or I'd have an idea for a shirt and I'd say, oh, I should put that on a t-shirt. And my husband, John, who is like Mr. Action Guy about some things, he was like, just make your t-shirts, just make them and have a good time. And he literally ordered the equipment to like make it happen. And oh, I was like, Oh, so okay. Yeah. I was like, okay. He's like, stop talking about it. Just do it. Which is not really typically his personality. Um, so anyway, I started making these shirts just for my own entertainment. And then every time I posted one, people would be like, where can I get that? And I'm like, I'm not selling anything. Um, and then enter the 2016 election. Right. <laughs> And, um, I had a lot of feelings about it. And, um, as John and I were kind of sitting there trying to figure out what to do with those feelings, we said, we thought to ourselves, well, well, why don't we, people seem to like these shirts and they already have a sort of activist or silly or fun bend to it. You know, why don't we start a company and then donate part of the proceeds, um, to different organizations? And, literally in two weeks, we, from the idea of having the thing (laughs) to launching the thing, it was two weeks, which was insane. That's, I'm not sure I would recommend that in general, but. (laughs) So let me back up to the point at which John ordered the equipment. And at that point it was totally just fun and a hobby and you have a great, you have a great wit and sense of humor and you had the design. And I think you and I, I think are alike in a lot of ways. And I can get hung up too on like, well, then I'd have to research the right piece of equipment and like, where would I put it? And I don't have an outlet in the right part of the wall or whatever. So when, <laughs> when he did that, was it still a hobby or had, had, the, had the interest in people purchasing kind of reached a point where it made sense? Oh, no, it was still a hobby for sure. Okay. But he just, you know, he's, he's such a great guy. And he just, um, when he sees my creative wheels churning, like he, he wants to support it. And yeah, so it's so cool to have that kind of counterbalance. So what, yeah. what is the equipment? I like what I need to like picture something tangible. Yeah. What? Well, so it's like a professional heat press. Like you okay. literally like crank heat it up to a million degrees and then okay. crank a ha- handle down. But then like once I figured out, okay, this heat press is on the way. Now what? Um, you know, there were all these other things I had to figure out like, okay, how do I get the design for my head into a vector graphic that I knew how to do through okay. Illustrator. Okay. Um, and then, okay, now I have to cut vinyl. How do I do that? So there were like, there were so many steps. It was insane, but I also like figuring stuff out. So I didn't mind it terribly. So your setup, I think I've heard you say it's in your basement. It is. And so it's a, it's a, the heat press. And then do you have like a vinyl cutter? I'm asking all the technical questions. I like to picture how this works. Yeah. Well, so all the actual like design magic happens in my studio upstairs. Um, and so that's where I have my cutter and all my rolls of vinyl and everything. And then down in the basement is where production happens because, um, we actually have two presses. Um, because John's like, we need a backup in case the first one dies. I'm like, Oh, I guess that's smart. (laughs) Um, and then we've got lots of shelves, which hold all of our shirt inventory. Um, and it's, we have a very like new construction, not scary basement. So it's actually very nice down there. 
Very nice. Um, and yeah, part of the reason I'm picking at the details is I, I think there's a lot of listeners out there who are very curious about what it takes to start like to make a physical product or to start an Etsy shop or to start some kind of a manufacturing because it feels so uh, daunting if you don't know. So I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to hear about. Um, how did you find the actual t-shirt, like the actual apparel to press the designs onto? Yeah. I mean, well, you've been such a kind client. I, so like, I, I know you I have a lot a, of shirts. I do. <laughs> I am a regular customer. Yeah. Um, but so basically, you know, I started looking around at, um, you know, places where you can get lots of blanks and mm-hmm. ordered a million. <laughs> different styles and sizes and um you know just kind of went went at it from there and you know we wanted something that like felt good and was soft but would hold up like originally this is such a little detail but um since you seem to be into that like originally I was like oh of course it has to be 100% cotton because just because that seems Um, like a thing yeah it seems like a thing um but a lot of the 100% cotton was really scratchy and I didn't like it and then um, John had a shirt that was a, you know, a mixed blend, you know, of, we use next level, which is actually a, based out of California. And we like okay. that they have like good, good, you know, practices and how they run their business. Um, right. and so I was like, oh, this one feels really good. And so that's, we basically, it was trial and error. Lots yeah. of, we have lots of extra shirts well, hanging around I, that I didn't know make people, the cut. <laughs> I know people can relate. Cause I feel like, you know, slogan tees and graphic tees are very in right now, but everybody can relate to having a t-shirt that the design looks great, but the, it's not soft or it's like yeah. a boxy fit. Do you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, it seems like it just was mass manufactured. So, and my husband has the men, a couple of the men's styles, as you know, and he is a t-shirt guy. Like he like, he just likes t-shirts and he's picky. And then, um, Allegra, my oldest, and I both have the women's styles and they are, they're really like a, a stretchy, but firm Jersey. Like it's just a good fit and long enough. So. Yeah. Th- yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that just when I heard actually your very sweet podcast, when you mentioned, um, us like I it made me happy because another thing we had been kind of lamenting over was oh well if we did unisex that would be easier for inventory but you know like unisex tees they're like these big boxes right (laughs) right no (laughs) wasn't gonna happen (laughs) it's a it's a it's a great quality so okay so when you talked about that two weeks from like deciding you were gonna do this to being up and running um how much of that was did you have um past experience working as an Etsy seller, like in any of your other, with your design company? Well, very, very minor. So when okay. I had my, my paper design company, um, I just had my own website and, um, that was fine. But when we went, went at it this time around, and it was really sort of fascinating to have that experience behind me because I was like, well, I don't mind setting up a website, but you know, for discovery, I just liked the idea of being on Etsy. Yeah. You know, it, it's people are already going there. They know how to use it. Yep. I liked the idea of being in a place where other, you know, indie artists. Yeah. It's a, it feels were. like a community yeah. aspect yeah. kind of. Yeah. So that was an intentional, like mostly for discovery and community. Uh-huh. We decided to, to launch it there. And was there a lot of learning that happened there or is it pretty, is Etsy pretty intuitive? I have to, you know, give super high fives to Etsy because they do make it, I mean, you, you need to know how to like, you know, you need to take product shots and you need to do sure. all manner of things, but sure. like they really make it easy the way they integrate shipping and all this other stuff. So I'm, I think they're awesome and I'm, I'm a huge fan of their work. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I, I want to talk a little bit maybe about the differences between 
having a physical product that you hold in your hands and ship out to people. Has that felt in any way kind of fundamentally different from, uh, you know, our listeners who know you and those who listen to me introduce you at the beginning of the show? I mean, you're a prolific blogger, writer, you've done video content, you come from a background of academia. So there's so much that you have done that isn't quite as physical, tangible. Um, Mm -hmm. Did it feel different? I'm curious if the creative process felt different, if the satisfaction is different, or just what was different about it? Yeah, it's been really different. Well, first, my mom understands what the heck I do now. (laughs) (laughs) She makes (laughs) t-shirts. Well, and she used to just call me a child psychologist because she didn't even understand the whole like music and brain neuroscience thing. She was like, oh, my daughter. Even in your past career, it was too hard. Yeah. Nobody ever understood what I did. But um, um, so yeah, like that, there was that. But, you know, two things have been notable in my mind. um, And I think one will really resonate with, with your, you know, community, which is that, you know, for my kids, it's been this tangible thing that they understand and that they help with. We actually, um, they love being in the workshop with us, which we actually have like two big, you know, desks or not desks, but like table type things where, um, we'll just set up and during when things get really busy, um, they'll help us, you know, Love it, (laughs) and it's awesome. And we pay them, you know, we, it's like, it's a very tangible thing and they, and they love it. They have a whiteboard downstairs where they log their hours. It's really, really cute. cute. Um, but the other thing that, you know, because I'm just a people person and a community person, it has been so moving to me for people to share their photos, um, of them in their shirts. Um, like I, I like cried when I saw the one of you and Allegra in your like twinning shirts and they're just, there've been so many and we try to post a lot of them on Instagram, um, and keep up with it that way. But it's just been, you know, just moving and stories from all over, you know, um, which has been so, so wonderful. Well, I, that's a great segue because we haven't really talked about the activist, uh, aspect of this yet. I mean, you mentioned that that was really kind of the impetus uh, post-election. But I can see how those, I mean, people are coming here and in a lot of times making a purchase um, either directly to support a cause or because they feel like the message is somehow tied to something really important to them. So that's a big piece of this. Um, Maybe can you just talk about a little bit about the kind of cross-section of how you felt like this was an act of activism and at the same time it's a business and it's creativity and that's kind of magical in a way. You know, it has been so interesting. Um, it is, it is the whole process has given me a real insight and appreciation for how challenging like retail and retail predictions yeah. must be. Um, yeah. you know, for us, we, we are just really following our nose, um, with stuff you know, where we have a feeling about it, um, where we have a feeling about it and also a design, you know, a creative idea that, you know, weaves into it. Sure. So, um, but I think that the reason that it's, it's really taken off is because it's just been the right time and it really has touched a nerve with people and how Mm -hmm. they're feeling and how they want, you know, their lives to be and their kids' Mm -hmm. lives to be. Yeah. So the collection I think has, um, Actually, I'm not exactly sure how many designs we have, but we have supported um, over 25 different nonprofit organizations, just, you know, spanning all manner of causes, whether it's family related or women's health or the environment or kids and music or teachers um, and have raised, you know, 
a lot of money, thousands yeah. of dollars um, over the last while. So that's been awesome. We we're just really proud so of it. So cool. So does I'm curious if the design idea sometimes comes first and then you look for the the organization or the cause that seems like a fit or does a cause and a cause come to you and then you design something or is it has it worked both ways? Um, it's worked both ways. Mostly. Uh, a lot of the times we've been responding to something in the news. Sure. Um, so the thing happens first and then we do a lot of research into what organization to support. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a balance of like, okay, does it, does it have solid ratings on charity navigator? Does right. it, um, is it too big? Like, do we want to support something smaller that need, right. really, really needs our help? You know, we put a lot of thought into those elements of it. And and what's that like when you reach out and contact them? Like it it's, I don't even know how that works as I guess you're donating, you're donating proceeds from a business to them. You're not donating just as an individual, but do you get to sort of talk to people at those organizations? Uh, mostly no, actually, (laughs) you know, mostly we just, we actually, we never, um, we never email an organization and say, Hey, we're doing this. We just tag them on social. (laughs) And, um, um, we had one organization that reached out to us when they were like, oh my gosh, like, how did this happen? And right. it was great. We had, then we had a conversation and I told them why, you know, we were committed to them. And, um, so it, it's been, you know, great just to support smaller places as well as larger. That's really cool. I bet you've probably had, um, you know, fans of yours probably suggest some and I mean, feel like they can contribute ideas. And it feels like, at least from where I stand, it feels like such a grassroots thing that it, it feels like something that you could make a suggestion or, you know, be a part of in some way. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, we've got some, I have some ideas, you know, that are sort of in the hopper that, right. um, you know, we kind of go through waves of like, I mean, cause the reality is, you know, John is, he's a therapist with an independent practice and I, you know, have to touch five businesses a day. Right. Like we're both right. pretty busy. So right. I feel like we do go in like waves of how busy, how sure. active we are in it, but it's, it's something we do touch every day. Yeah, I love that. Well, actually, my next question was going to be a little more about what it's like to have this business as your family. You talked about the girls being, you know, contributing. Um, and how has it been with you and John? Like, have has have the roles sort of naturally come to each of you of who's handling what? Has it been fun? Like, how how has that played out? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say, like with anything, there were a few bumps to work uh-huh. at the beginning because I'm a very, I mean, you know me, I'm like, well, I think you and I are a lot alike. Yeah, alike. We so. get an idea and we hammer out the plan and then we go. Yeah. Um, and he is more of a like sit with his thoughts and kind of figure it out. But, right. um, well, and the other difference is that he, really is not into social media. So. Right. Interesting. <laughs> um, so he tends to be more of like the sort of more of the silent partner. He's he, you know, does all the business side. He does all the calculations, which I can't even like bear to look at. Um, he he takes care of all that stuff. And then I'm definitely more the like, you know, the designer and then the front facing person on social media. But it's been awesome. Like we it gives us, you know, we'll go for a walk and we'll brainstorm ideas. And yeah, it's been really, really fun to work with. Yeah, that's I, that's kind of what I was picturing is that you don't have to have office hours when it's something that's sort of like a labor of love and something creative that you're both loving. You can talk about it, you know, over, like you said, on a walk or just in your quote unquote family personal time, because it's something you're all involved in, which I mm-hmm, think is so cool. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I think there's a lot of people who you know, wonder what this kind of thing would be like. And it's really cool to hear about. So I love it. Um, We are going to take a quick break for one of our sponsor spots. And then Christine and I will be back in just a second. And we're going to talk about when things went viral. (laughs) So we'll be right back. 
Hey guys, it's Megan, and I want to talk to you today about our sponsor, Universal Standard. I don't know about you guys, but I have changed sizes a lot over the last five years, and it can be really disorienting. You think you can just go up a size and the clothes will still fit and look the way they did before, but most brands just don't think that way. Well, Universal Standard caters to sizes 10 and up, but they don't just make the same piece of clothing bigger, they tailor each piece to that specific size. What I think is really cool about Universal Standard, though, is their Universal Fit Liberty Program. So maybe you think you might go down a size, or maybe you're actually expecting to gain weight. Either way, you can exchange any piece from their core collection if your size changes within one year of purchase for free. So you don't have to wait to lose weight. You don't have to wait if maybe you're going to gain weight. Just invest in the quality pieces you want now. And then if your size changes, they've got you covered. And for our listeners, when you try Universal Standard and spend $50 at universalstandard.com, you'll get their signature $50 T-Rex style t-shirt for free. Just use our special code MOM at checkout. That's universalstandard.com and use the code MOM for a free t-shirt when you spend $50 or more. You really can't lose. The clothes are super cute. You should totally check them out. That's universalstandard.com and use the code MOM. Okay, I am back with Christine Coe. We've been talking about Brave New World Designs. And um, Christine, I got to watch as some really fun things happened with your business. When was this? Can you remind, you know I'm going to ask you oh about when Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> wore the Maxine Waters t-shirt. So that, well, that's where we're going with this. But remind me how long ago that was. Okay, so it, things really got crazy. So we started this... Um, November of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was right around Giving Tuesday, right after the election. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and it we hit the holidays and it was lovely and all that good stuff. And we were just kind of expecting it to burble along. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things really went crazy between March to May of 2017. Okay. Right. Because I would have seen you at Mom 2.0 and it, a lot of it was happening a lot of it right happened then. then. Like yeah. while, yes, while we were while we were all together. Um, so what happened first? I, in my notes here, I wrote down that there was a, a um, I think in style magazine, was that the magazine or L one of the magazines? Uh, yeah. Well, so I should back up and say yeah. that, um, I don't know if you've ever talked, well, I'm sure you've talked about mom Two summit and you just mentioned uh-huh. it, but yes. And I don't know if you've talked with Laura Mays, who is one of the founders, but I was joking with Laura that I sort of blame her or not blame, but I think she is like this weird little spark where, things happen when I'm around her (laughs) (laughs) because the first, um, pop of crazy happened at, um, she, at the time it was March last Uh year and she had organized this new conference called the B conference Mm -hmm. and it was bringing together women in entrepreneurism. And I was there and, you know, that's when I got to do cool stuff like, you know, chat with Soledad O'Brien about my business (laughs) and stuff. But, um, lovey of awesomely Uh lovey.com. She, and, um, her book, I'm judging you. Um, posted a picture of uh, the Maxine of actually Lisa Stone wearing the Maxine Water shirt. Okay, and all of a sudden we're at this conference in Austin, and uh, my phone and John's phone starts blowing up with orders. <laughs> 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 like, and I'm not kidding. Like, like a hundred orders in like an hour. <laughs> right. And 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 meanwhile, I actually get trapped in Austin in a blizzard because there's a blizzard in Boston, and like everything is exploding at home. Oh my but, gosh. um, does that, did it, does that feel like really exciting or like slightly panic inducing? It was both. It was yeah. both. It, and it was kind of like, like I was literally like, okay, uh, John, you need to like go count how many shirts we have. And then like, 
see what the difference is and tell me and I'll order more. <laughs> like we were not prepared. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but we worked really hard and got all those orders out like within a week, which was amazing. That is amazing. Um, so that was like the first wave. And then it was, you know, I have to say, I was almost a little embarrassed that so many so many incredible things were all happening at the same time. But I, you know, our good friend, mutual friend, Jess Ashley said, yes. you know, if you were some, I hope this isn't offensive, but she was like, if you were some like mediocre white dude, you'd be like pumping your fists and no, be like, totally. Hey, look at how awesome I am. <laughs> totally. Um, so she's like, you've got a rebel in it. But yes. yeah, like, um, uh, while at mom to, um, in style, uh, picked up the shirt. Yes, um, I remember that Whoopi Goldberg wore the shirt. That was a, and- a big one like on the view yeah and then not long after that Alyssa Milano tweeted a picture of herself in the shirt and I was like oh I don't recall seeing her name she must have had an assistant right right um so it was it was crazy it was really really crazy and I assume it continued to translate into waves of orders right I mean just it was it was months I mean it was really like the tale on all of that was really really crazy yeah um I I had not expected you know, expected that at all. And it's, it's pretty awesome because the shirt that really took off was this shirt of Maxine Waters, Uh who, you know, she's a rep from California. And it was, again, when you were talking about like, does a design come to you or does a thing come to you? Like when I first had the idea for that shirt, I told John about it and he was like, girl, that's weird. Like, like, I, I don't know if I'm into that. And I was like, well, I just, I'm so into her because yeah. I've read about her from our Eric Thomas. And, you know, this will just be a little funny, quirky shirt that I'll just make and it'll be art and I'll love it. Right. And it's and, almost like well, the people who get it will get it. And the people who don't, it doesn't matter. And most, yeah. And mostly nobody else will get it. And so I, I literally thought like maybe five people would buy that shirt. And that is our number one bestseller. And yeah. it's it's great because it benefits Emily's List, which- Okay, um, I was going to ask. I couldn't remember which one that yeah, benefited. Yeah, which um, trains women to run for office. So oh, it's so we've been able to like shove a ton of money their way. And that's been really awesome. That is that is truly amazing. Well, that was, I mean, as a friend and, you know, person working in the same space, like I think everyone was just rooting for you. I mean, there's something about, like there's something that seems sort of, disingenuous about trying to go viral but when when something just magically hits like that um I don't know it just it felt very celebratory and I think you should like Jess said I think you should just own it it was very very exciting um and yeah I was gonna ask if there's been any other any other designs that have kind of started to pop up in that same way or is Maxine she's just the it girl Maxine's definitely the big one I mean we we've sold you know a lot of people have um worn the smash the patriarchy Mm -hmm. one which supports Planned Parenthood that was Mm -hmm. actually one of the very first ones that I made just for me Mm um so yeah there but nothing has Nothing has come close to Maxine yet. I love we'll, the one. Who, who knows? We'll see. Right. <laughs> I, um, we have a lot of listeners who are teachers, and I love the one that you did. Can you remind me the one that you did for yeah, teachers? Yeah. It's um. It says teacher hero, and in the hero like reverses the letters, and there's an apple inside mm-hmm. the. Yeah, the it's o. a really cool. Design. Yeah, and it benefits Teach for America, and okay. um, it was so cute. Like one vise um. Violet's she's in first grade and her teacher like walked out walked out wearing the shirt the other day at school and it's just it's it's really really sweet I mean talk about like we all we all kind of roll our eyes at the obligation of teacher gifts especially when it gets to be the same stuff every year but to to give a gift that also supports a cause and supports a small business owner I mean I think that's why this is so compelling to people because there's so many layers of wanting to you know, support a small business that's also supporting great causes and is cool designs. It's just, 
it's a win. It's been um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll link up that t- the t- we'll link up all of this in the show notes. But um, that teacher one popped to mind because that that was another really cool one. Um, so I was going to ask you if you have any advice for moms, especially at home moms or moms who are freelancing, who are a little daunted by the idea of starting an actual merchandise or apparel Etsy shop. Is there anything you'd tell tell those people having yeah. experienced what you have? Sure. I mean, I would, I say, I think the first thing is, um, just to start and to not be too intimidated Mm -hmm. by, um, feelings about what you perhaps should be doing or need to be doing. Like for example, and what I mean specifically is I think when you go to Etsy, you know, the photos are always so beautiful and Mm -hmm. it's always like a little intimidating. Like, how am I going to style all this? You know, if you go to our shop, it's very simple. All of the photos, most of them are me <laughs> in the shirt with my head completely cut off, but with the photos just taken on my phone. Right. You know, like no special tripod, yeah. no special equipment. Sometimes Laurel's taking the photo for me. I mean, it's really, really simple. Um, and then I think that, you know, to just try to be good in the space and, you know, you can mm-hmm. tell people about it and support other people's work. And I think, you know, that's that's a really important thing. But yeah. I, I always tell people like, just start, you know, yeah. just, just try one little thing and you can always iterate and yeah. you can evolve and change direction right. and adjust course. So right. that would be my advice. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great advice. Is there anything you kind of learned the hard way that if you did it again, you could have been more prepared or just, you know, been, yeah, been more prepared for? Um, I don't think there was, I think the, the hardest thing has been, um, you know, it's nothing new, but it's every now and then, you know, you have to deal with creative theft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yes. and it's not hard or surprising. It's just a bummer. Yeah. And, um, you know, that is one area where I so value um, the community and, you know, my friends in the space like you who, um, you know, if I post about something like that has happened with that, people like jump in and help. And I'm, yeah. I'm just really grateful for that. But yeah. I think that is one thing, you know, you need to be mindful of as yeah. you develop your work is just, you know, you kind of have to like get your skin ready to be yes. tough and, and to yeah. deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and educate yourself probably about, especially for small uh, designers and people just starting out, um, not even aware that how rampant that kind of, you know, intellectual property and creative theft Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just sort of, it's easy to be naive in the beginning because you might be small enough that nobody's had the opportunity to steal your good stuff. So it's with that growth comes that unfortunate side, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Okay. Well, let's shift gears a little bit because I don't want to, I don't want to leave this conversation without talking about the other amazing things that you do. So a lot of our listeners listen to the Edit Your Life podcast, but not all of them. So let's talk really quickly about how you and Asha are doing and maybe just tell everybody a little bit about that show, what you guys are doing lately, how it's evolved. Sure. Well, you know, you guys, I don't mean to put you on the spot and embarrass you, but you know, you and Megan have just been um, just such a wonderful beacon for us as we started that journey. I I forget exactly how far ahead, you know, how many months you had already been running. I mean, right at the same time. Well, actually, I have a funny tie in that you may not know, but you, Asha went to the Mom 2.0 where my good friends, Erica and Kelsey from the Girl Next Door podcast did that. So, and Asha has been very generous. And every time you guys talk about that, I make sure Kelsey hears it. But I have since become quite good friends with both of them. And that is, that was an Arizona connection for me. So I'm not taking credit for it. That's not what I'm trying to say. 
say, but I, I was listening to their podcast and following them before Megan and I even started ours. And then I know they kind of helped launch a couple of shows, yours yeah. and K- Jess and KJ's. So it is a, it's a quite a small podcasting world, I guess, is my point. Sure, and we were all yeah. getting into it around the same time. So yeah, yeah, no, she had gone. I wasn't at that mom too, but she went to their, their session and took notes. And, um, you know, we had written a book called minimalist parenting in, uh, goodness, I think it was 2013 that it was published and we just, we loved it. You know, we yeah. had such a great time working on it together and just really believed in, in this reality that as parents, you know, we can, carve out the way we want to do things. And right. we don't need to just be subject to, you know, whatever the whims and tide of, of right. like modern parenting is. Um, so, you know, I was, I'm like a puppy dog with a new project. So like literally like months after we finished the book, I'm like, okay, okay, what's next? What are we going to do next? And, um, so I had the idea for edit your life and I really wanted to expand it to just general lifestyle. So we yeah. still do tons of parenting, but lots of other stuff, you know, productivity and decluttering and whatever mm-hmm. else. And, um, it's just such a joy, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have this, you know, with Megan, but it's like, yeah, I can hear it, you know, when you guys talk on your show, but I just, I love talking to her yeah. and I love talking, you know, communicating with our community and hearing yeah. from them what they want. And it's, it's just been such a joy. Well, I almost want to relate it back to what we talked about with a, a physical product versus a purely digital one. And podcasting, I think sort of satisfies something in a lot of writers and bloggers that feels like, it's using your ideas and your voice in a different way. It's not a physical product. It's still coming over the internet, but we are talking with our voices as opposed to typing with our fingers. And there's something, whether it's the novelty or just the way Megan and I talk all the time about how we were much more careful as writers and bloggers in the parenting space than we are on our podcast. And I don't think that's an accident. I think it's just the medium of podcasting is a conversation. And we've always said that blogging is a conversation, but this is like an actual conversation. And I it think is that's, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there, there is yeah. a freedom to it. Yes. Which I, I just love. Yes. I, I love it too. So um, anything you guys have coming up or any topics you've covered recently that have been really fun? Because you're over a hundred episodes too. So you're in the, oh, I know. You're in the granny club. Like we oh are. Oh my gosh. We thinking. are totally. It's hard. You have to keep thinking of new ideas or keep, you know, it's, that's the, the privilege I guess crazy. that comes with having been around for a while. Yeah. Well, so, um, yeah, so we're over a hundred, uh, we, we have a little project we're working on, but I can't like say anything yet about it, but, um, I guess, I don't know. I, we've, we just, um, I had a couple interviews recently that I just loved. One was with Jess Leahy, who, you know, um, and and it was called, um, untangling over parenting and, it's, it's a such, she's so smart. I mean, yes. don't even listen to it for me, but listen to it for her yes, because she's, she's so amazing. great. Yeah. Um, you know, people always love when we do a good old fashioned decluttering kind mm-hmm. of episode. So I, I did an interview with, um, Rachel Rosenthal, um, called decluttering for normal people. Nice. <laughs> and yeah. And Asha, we have a one coming up where Asha and I talk about like, you know, favorite cookbooks that we're using. It can oh, really run, that. run the gamut. Yes. So yeah. yes. Well, it's a great listen for our listeners who have not listened to the Edit Your Life show. We will, of course, link that up. You guys are weekly as well, right? We are. Yeah. Show a week. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and then let's talk about Boston Mamas because you still you still have a blog as if it's, you know, something to still have. But (laughs) in our in our industry, not everybody does still have a blog. So I've always been interested in your blog because in the very beginning of my writing and blogging days, I was managing editor for a local 
mom's yes, blog. Yes, I remember. Um, I, what I love about Boston Mamas is that you really, the content is equally for parents in the Boston area, but also plenty of general interest and national interest stuff. And I always, as an editor of a site like that, I always found that kind of hard. Like, wait, which are, mm-hmm. wh- you know, which are we? Um, but I think you've done both really well. So is it, um, is it still fun? Is it? St- I need to hire you to talk about me. You're so nice. Um, <laughs> It it has it is really fun. I mean, I can't. It's been eleven years yeah, since I, was I started ask. that site. I mean, oh my gosh, I'm so old. Like, just I'm like the granny in all corners. But I but, saw you just did a site redesign. I mean, these are it's it's great. Is there still a need? There are still moms in Boston and yeah. everywhere who need your content. That's the that's the great part. Yeah, and you know, when I started it eleven years ago, it still fills the vision that I had. In that, you know, when I started it, I was looking for. Actually, this is another thing I would recommend to you know other moms who are looking to start something, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, to look for a hole, mm-hmm. um, and it and something that you feel excited about, and you know, a hole that you want to fill. Like at that time, there were calendar sites which were very helpful, but I mm-hmm. definitely did not want to do that. Right. Um, like things I, to do this month yeah, in Boston yeah. with kids. Yeah. I, I wanted to I wanted to do some of that, but not right. just be a calendar site. And I was like, you know, there isn't like a lifestyle site, you know, in this city that can hit on, you know, it can hit on style or it could hit on events or it could do food or whatever. And so I was like, all right, let's give it a whirl. And, you know, the response is, you know, very strong and it's it's been really great. And um so yeah, it's it's still going strong and I you know, have three women who I hire regularly who are, you know, regular on my staff as assistants. Yeah. And that's been awesome. And, you know, various contributing writers. So it's there, still a thing. There's something really, um, I think, grounding about knowing what's happening in your community. So we moved from Arizona to Southern California three and a half years ago. And that was kind of right when podcasting and my stuff with Megan was taking off. So I, I had a lot of connections in the blogosphere and had gone from having local, cause I did write for a local mom's blog and I was editor for, so I knew I was tapped into that scene and three and a half years in, I'm still really not in orange County. And every once in a while I'll think, I don't even know not only do I know what not what, know what's going on sometimes as a parent to do with my own kids, but I'm also not connected to those local writers, the local media outlets. Mm. I just think I think that's a really fun way. And Megan and I have done podcast episodes where on you know if you want to start as a writer or a blogger, I think thinking local can be a really fulfilling way um, to experience writing and blogging. So I, I mean, I don't know. I just think there's a, there's a huge need for that. And it, I, I would imagine it's fun for you because you do travel a lot for work and you have clients and people all over the country, but there's, then there's Boston and you know, there's that community as well. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's been, it was funny because I remember like way back when I was going to start the site and I didn't even know what a blog was. I just had an idea for what I wanted. And a tech friend said, Oh, that that's a blog. Um, but I remember getting advice from some tech people who were like, Oh, you know, don't make it, don't make it Boston. You'll be pigeonholed in. And, and I, part of me was like, yeah, I do worry about that a little, but it's been so great. And, you know, it was really one of the first hyper-local sites in the country. And then they all started like popping up like right after that. So no, it's, I think, I think it fills a need for sure. And I think it's awesome that yours is still there. So it's bostonmamas.com. Yep. Right. And so, yeah, we are going to start to wrap up, but everything that we talked about, including Brave New World's designs is the best place to send people for that. The Etsy shop. Is that easiest? Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go to, Yeah, if you go to bravenewworlddesigns.com, you can punt over. So, right. you know, it's Perfect. it's easy enough to find. Yeah. And you guys are on Instagram as well. It's really fun, like you said, to see people's 
the the t-shirts making it out into the world and all yeah that's my favorite it's just yeah. seeing other people in them i love it i agree well christine this has been really fun um i'm so glad to have you here and um listeners everything we talked about will be at the this is part of our voices interview series and it's number 22 in that series so look for that and yeah, Christine, I can't wait to see you in person, hopefully in a couple months. And thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And, you know, thanks to you and Megan for all you do for so many moms. I, I know that this is a connection point for so many and oh, it's really thank wonderful. You. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Take care.